So good afternoon, good morning, depending on wherever you are in the world. Welcome. My name is Amber Winston, and welcome to the Return of Ritual online show. I am very honored and excited to have Miss Amanda Collins with us today. Um, Amanda is one of my teachers. She's a priestess. She's a goddess. Uh, she's currently living in Ireland, and I actually studied classical feng shui, feng shui with her about five years ago. Um, I look up to her. I think she's fantastic, and I'm so honored to have you join us today, Amanda. Amber, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, so honored. Um, the love is mutual from the second I met you, <laughs> so Aww. you were just amazing. So I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So I really wanted to start this show, the, the Return of Ritual, for a couple of reasons. Um, I have the fundamental belief that sacred ritual and ceremony is actually lost in our society. Um, in this modern era where we're constantly just on the go, um, trying to make ends meet, it's very rare that people are actually stopping, slowing down, and really connecting to themselves, to community, to source, to God, whoever that is, to them. And so it's really my mission to help restore the act of sacred ritual into one, our personal lives, the lives of others, and then with communities. Um, so that's really why I decided to put this show together. And I'm just a curious person. So I love learning about different cultures, um, what their sacred rituals are. I love chatting with experts like Amanda and understanding what her rituals are in her life and her business in classical feng shui. And so that's really why I decided to take the time to assemble this online show. So with that said, Amanda, I would love to ask you my very first question, which is, can you paint us a picture of what your ideal morning or evening ritual looks like? And how do you embed the sacred into your everyday life? Mm, so beautiful. Well, thank you for that beautiful intention because that is so needed, as you, you say. And um, my firm belief is ritual and ceremony is not something that we you know, sit at our altars necessarily to do. It can just be weaved into our every moment of life, you know. So even though I have definitely clear rituals, um, I believe that every moment can be, you know, and it really is living with presence and mindfulness and when i say that i mean from the second we wake up as you said like that connection to the earth that connection to our higher selves and to our hearts and even though that is our birthright and that is something we're born with if you if you see a baby like they're just like ah, and they're just looking up at the angels they're just so connected and for many of us, uh, whether it was our parents or society, you know, just like to fit in, we were kind of pulled away from that organic, natural connection that we have with spirit and with ritual. And, they, and you know, if we go back, our ancestors, um, hundreds, thousands of years, like it was all based around ritual and living in community, you know, with our aunts and our cousins and passing babies around the circles and, you know, looking up to the moon and, you know, looking, you know, being completely in line with the solstices and the equinox and knowing when to plant our crops, you know, and now between timetables and calendars and electronics, like it's like it's taken us away from that. And as we know, practicing feng shui, 
you know, what does feng shui invite us to do? It invites us to reconnect nature versus waking up in a house, getting into your car, going to your office, back to your car, back to your house and losing that, you know, connection, that deep, deep reverence with the earth. So I, I do my best, um, you know, having two young children, uh, you know, working even though i love what i do and i love being a mom you know life gets busy between laundry and all those different things so i think it's really important that we have our daily rituals and i think it's also important that we understand that it's not a spiritual practice just because we're sitting in front of the altar every second of life is that so from the second one i wake up in the morning I really consciously try to not go for the phone and turn that on and go to that outside world. And I actually, I'm an early riser. I'm up between three and four every morning. And it's really uh, like, I I tend to just, I'm I'm born that way. It's how my clock works. But I love it because the veils are so thin to the other world. And everything is so quiet. And what i do is i don't turn on any lights i just light a candle and i go inwards before i go outward before i find out the demands because you know we turn on our email and there's a hundred emails in there and you know all of that and, and the world is making demands on us so instead of that it's like just take that time to go inwards and connect with ourselves emotionally mentally physically spiritually and like it's like how can i i fill myself up how can I ground myself? How can I align myself for this day to really have the best day possible? You know, um, so some mornings I might just pop my yoga mat out or just do it on the rug, a yoga practice, or I journey. As I said, I light the candle and I sit in front of it. Or actually, sometimes I just write it depending where the moon is at and I'll just gaze up into the stars and the moon because, you know, it's dark when I get up between three or four. It is, so, yes. <laughs> So that's how I like to start the day. I have an altar, but I don't always sit at the altar. I can go out and look at the stars. You know, I I, I live at the base of a, a mountain, and so there is really no lights around. You know, I'm in the country, so like it, it's quiet. It's really, really quiet. And I think whether you're in an apartment in the middle of a city or you're in the country, like we can all do that, and we can all choose to connect with nature. So. My other, like, almost like non-negotiables every single day is I get out in nature. So whether I'm skipping through the forest with the kids or I just take some time to go sit under a tree, to lay on the earth, hug a tree. Um, I love a tree whispering in Ireland. Um, it's an ancient practice where you can go to the trees and you fill them up with love, but then at the same time, you can let go of whatever you need to. You can tell them your concerns, tell them your, your, and just let it go. Because the tree, you know, is connected with the earth and straight up to source. So it is just a channel, just as we are. But we forget sometimes that we can just let everything move through us. We don't have to hold things. We have to, like, you know, worry about the past that is done or jump into the anxiety of the future, which doesn't exist. And as we all know, that's just a, a direct prayer for what we don't want when we're worrying about the future that doesn't even, you know, exist that we don't have to worry about so i believe everything is a ritual from like when i get in the shower and i just feel the water on my skin and as i talk to my children in the morning and we gaze into each other's eyes like that's pure source you know as as you know everything can be done rushed and 
no consciousness in it or you can just be present with eating our foods and blessing our foods and what are we grateful for the day like really really simple daily things that we can bring that ritual into and then also as a practicing priestess um i i look to nature i i work with nature and i i follow the celtic wheel so you know every six weeks we um we look to nature. I mean, I look to nature every single day, but depending where we are, of course, we have the two solstices and the two equinoxes, but we also have the midpoints between them, Yeltana, Lunasa, um, Samhain, which is the Halloween, and um, yep. we have all these points. And so basically, we look to nature. So like in autumn, as beautiful as autumn is with the golds and the reds and the browns and the purple leaves, we're just like, but what is that? That is nature saying, what do I need to let die? What do I need to let die within myself that is no longer serving? And then after I let it die, I just let it fall away. So as beautiful as nature is, that's actually what nature is expressing to us. And then as we dive deep down into that winter solstice, the darker part of the year, this is, this is our time to do that. And so wherever you are in the hemisphere, we all have the winter solstice. And I understand there's parts of the, the world that stay brighter and warmer. So it's a really conscious thing that we have to choose to do. Like I am in this part of the year. I am, I'm going to give myself permission to slow down, to reflect, to, you know, go inwards because, you know, in the Celtic wheel, we look at Samhain, which is Halloween and winter solstice at the beginning of our year, because in order to come out we have to go in first like all that inner work has to happen first so we go into the darkness we go through that tunnel we go through that and then in spring like we start to blossom we start to come out and then you know summer represents that whole yang but you know and it's that yin and yang that we know about from feng shui where even when we're in the winter solstice even there is that promise of the light returning and even more in the most yang time of summer that darkness is approaching. So when we, like the main thing I think to understand is there is this constant change. There is this constant movement. And the more that we can be in that divine flow of trusting in the change that happens, trusting in the revealing and being willing to let die whatever needs to die and to fully let go and to allow blossom whatever needs to like that is the ritual so if we can mirror nature and look to nature just as the trees stand strong and the roots go to the earth and we can allow ourselves to be rooted and grounded and reach up to the light and stand strong in our truth you know it's like nature is our teacher and mm. so um I, you know, I have practices and rituals that I do on each of the calendars and of course the waning moon and the waxing moon and the full moon, the new moon. And, and again, that comes back to every day can be that, that ritual for us. I think that's so beautiful. I think the, what you touched on that everything is sacred is, is such a profound thing to really think about because it allows you to actually slow down, you know, when you're making your coffee in the morning or your tea, you know, that can actually be stick the cup in the Keurig and put it there and you're, you know, you're out the door, or that can be a very ceremonial, you know, you're boiling the water and you're very present with that and you're getting your beautiful tea bag out. And it's like that 
simple act of making a warm beverage in the morning actually becomes a very sacred ritual. And I just know in my own life, um, you know, I've found myself to be constantly on the go. And so for me to actually slow down and recognize exactly what you're saying, that everything is sacred in your everyday life, you know, whether you're getting in the shower and just having a moment, whether you're looking into your children's eyes, I think that that's just such a beautiful reminder for all of us. Um, so thank you for that. And I also really loved how you said looking to nature. You know, um, I think now more than ever, we need to be reconnecting with nature. And it has so many gifts and so much wisdom to share with us if we just listen and connect. Um, and so I think that that's also just so beautiful. Um, I am really curious, too, about about the Celtic ways. Um, as you know, my parents hail from the Isles, I'll just say, so England, but I bet there's some crossover into into Ireland um, as well. And so it's something I'm really curious about. Do you think you could walk us through maybe one of your favorite um, Celtic ceremonies, whether that be the winter solstice that we have coming up or summer solstice? Is there anything that you really look forward to celebrating on an annual basis? Absolutely. And all, all of them, <laughs> all of them, can yeah. say, you know, um, I, I love that you, you know, brought up, you know, we're making our tea in the morning because, you know, if we're taking herbal supplements or we're taking tea or whatever it may be, it's like consciously talking to the plants that are in those herbs, you know, and mm. talking to the essence of it, not just like knocking it back and whatever. It's just like, and, and giving a gratitude for going into your body, you know? And so I, I do a lot of foraging over here and, mm come to my pure bliss that like literally about 40% of what we see all around us is edible medicinal like and so one of my mm -hmm. best friends over here is the nettle right so um, and the nettles are out even now into the winter you know um, so I, I love the ritual even of foraging in the forest being in nature here of what the nettles stand for, because the nettles are this power, powerful medicine, right? And we all know that we're not alone, right? We constantly have that connection with our ancestors, our lineage, our guides, our animal totems. Like if we choose to consciously tune in every day, we are guided every single step of the way. So um, the nettles, I think they're just such amazing teachers because the nettles, are powerful medicine, right? They, I mean, you drink five nettles, especially in the spring when they're at their most potent. They say you need nothing else the rest of the year. You may not even get a cold, right? They're so powerful. So here they are, and I think they really represent the priestess, the goddess. Like she's, she's fully in her power. She's fully of service. She shows up. However, don't mess with her because those boundaries, and that's what it's about as well, being clear on our truth and our yes and our no and not going around people pleasing and knowing our truth and it's always like that comes up in layers right but the nettles you committed them too strong or they will sting you and it blisters your skin up you know and here is this amazing teacher of service and love and light and like how it like builds your blood and all that it does to you and at the same time you must respect the nettle or else you will you will get blistered, you know? And so it's, it's that reminder to us in our daily lives. Again, it comes back to 
And to me, that is a ritual. I go out in nature. I, I, I ask the earth, is it okay that I, I pick you? You know, is it, do, I, do I have permission? And some days I may get a no, and I will respect and honor that. Most days the nettles are happy to oblige. And then you, I come in, and I love to, like, put out the nettles to dry. Sometimes I make them out fresh and put them straight in and commune with it. And, you know, um, I have a well here in my garden, so it's like, as the water goes in, it's like blessing the water, giving thanks. And as you, as you watch that water become this rich green color, it's like all oh, the minerals and giving gratitude. And then as you sip it, how that feels going into your body, you know? So again, that's a really simple ritual. And you know, it's amazing as you can grow, nettles will grow anywhere. They grow better in damp countries, but like, if you want a pot of nettles, you can grow your own nettles, you know? <laughs> And, and so um, I think every day has its own ritual, every, every season, every moment, and it's, it all really comes back to intention. So are you clear on your intention? And I think that's where it comes back to your morning practice. When you wake mm -hmm. up and you decide, this is how my day is going to go. Actually, this is how I want to feel in my day, no matter what arises, because, you know, we can't control the email that comes in or the whatever, you know, comes in that does have the capability to ruin our day. But then they say that like 20% uh, is what happens to us and 80% of how we react at 20%, right? So the email comes in, it could be something that could mess your day up because it's not something you wanted to hear. And in that moment, you get to choose. You get to choose, how am I going to be with this new information that's come into me now? How am I going to choose? So if you come into that space, somebody who is grounded and connected and heart-centered, it's like you breathe and breath in itself is the most beautiful ritual. And then you consciously get to decide what you do with this new information from your day and how you are going to integrate that into your day or not, right? <laughs> with the reminder of the nettles of being in service, being true to who you are and having your healthy boundaries. Oh, I love that. And I love that breath itself is a ritual, you know, because if you just actually pause and take a full breath in and a full breath out, it just feels, one, it feels amazing. And it gives you that time, that gap to actually process the information that you've just received and then decide, you know, how am I going to respond to this? I also love the nettles example. And I'm thinking, I totally know what nettles are because I remember running around forests in England when I was little. Um, and we would call them stinging nettles. Is that the same thing Correct. that you're referring to? Yeah. Okay. So I'm not, I don't think a lot of people out here might necessarily know what they are. Um, can you just describe maybe what they look like a little bit, where you would find them, um, and that they actually do burn your skin if you if you touch them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and well, they're like little triangular shape, you know, we can add a little, a little picture or something and they've got tiny yeah. needles all over them and uh, they will sting you. I mean, you know, it's amazing that in Ireland we had this famine in 1845 because literally finding out how much is edible and like a nettle, like you can literally roll a nettle and if you roll up the right way, you can actually eat it directly. Like you can put it in, if you roll it up and all the pins go to the inside, like that's how amazing they are. And actually growing up, we used to make nettle soup. And of course I make nettle tea all the time now. And the kids have drank it since, since they were infants and still like that's what they get every evening is nettle tea and they love it and it's an acquired taste you know nothing can that it just so um you're asking what they look like that's what they look like um 
Uh, you would you to... say the medicine? Of, would you say the medicine of the nettle really? You know, when you're drinking that medicine, is it is it to help you establish clear boundaries? What is the medicine that you're kind of receiving when you drink the nettle tea? Well, I mean, on a tactile, physical level, it's the potassium levels, the mineral levels, like they, they build blood, they cleanse like the kidneys, like there is lists and boosts the immune system. There's, I mean, they're, they're like a super duper duper food, literally, you know? I'm gonna um, go, I want to go buy some. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can buy bags and bags of organic uh, nettles online of course if they're locally grown you know everything local is is better um yeah. but there's another part to that question that you asked that was really important oh it's like the energetics to it so of mm -hmm. course anything if you're clear on the energetics and then you consciously choose to consume it it's all intention right so if you mm. are respecting and honoring the metal it will it will absolutely do the same and you know i i absolutely love um i think Everything in life can be a ritual. Like in Bialtana, um, you know, we when when there's dew on the grass in the morning, like they, you know, if we go out and we put the dew on our our skin, it, mm. it's like eternal youth, you know. So mm. it's like, again, everything everything can be this amazing ritual in in life, you know. If we if, if we're just open and we appreciate it, and a lot of the time these it's very simple appreciations and as you know here in Ireland we're so blessed because we have I think at least 15,000 mm. sacrifices between our stone circles our cairns our standing stones fairy forts fairy rings just all of these incredible sacred sites and I, I think every single blade of grass every single part of the earth is sacred and of course you know we can make anything sacred like within our homes and um, we have as as you know amber all about there's like blessing points there's sacred points to all of our land and so it's just a matter of tuning in and of course you can use things like dousing rods or a pendulum or just ask your body like where's my blessing point and you can have your own sacred point within your own garden without in your own deck within your home you can find it because everybody has this special blessing point and that can be where you consciously choose to create an altar and altar is i don't i don't really think there's any set rules but i really look at them as the microcosm of the macrocosm of our universe right so i love to bring all the five elements in whether it's rainwater you gather to have a candle on it maybe some fresh flowers and um, some crystals for the earth a feather for air and it is a beautiful invitation and, and and of course it's the intention that you set when you create your altar whether it's just to connect with source to give gratitude to go for guidance you know the all-rounder altar uh, altar whatever it is but the beautiful thing about creating an altar is it's a constant invitation and you know that we know practicing feng shui that um our home is a reflection so a lot of the time if we go to somebody's home and we're like, okay, so what is your daily practice or where do you have time to yourself? And they look at you with a gaze in their eyes. What do you mean? It's like, well, where is your space in the home? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, well, then of course there's, you're not going to make that space because you haven't created it in your space and there's actually nowhere physically for you to go. So it could be if you're, you could have a room that you dedicate to a meditation room, a yoga room, and even arts or music, whatever. Or if there isn't a room, it's just a corner where there's a chair and that's your special one. Or it could be an altar, it could be out in the garden. But you know that saying, if you create it, you know, the village, then they will come, right? So in order for you to gift yourself that sacred space, like where have you created it? Where, where is that, that that you go to and that that 
gently whispers to your soul, come, come, you, you haven't been to me today. You haven't been to me in the last couple of days. And it's like every time you walk by it, it's like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm supposed to sit at my altar. And that doesn't mean you have to sit at that altar. It, it's just that invitation, you know? And so just yeah. remember, it's not like when you sit and you go, oh, there, that's your spiritual practice. My conversation with you now, being with you, a beautiful sister, a goddess, a priestess, like, this is sacred. This is so mm -hmm. sacred. And of course, both of you and I are talking about something that is like so dear to our heart and soul. I know. This is it. You know, this is it. It's not, you know. <laughs> yes, I can feel it. Yeah. And it's recognizing that. It's recognizing this is it. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to be anything. I don't have to. It's just mm -hmm. it simple can be in the mundane and that's actually where the real magic is in what we would look at the mundane you know like it doesn't have to be at that sacred site and doing huge ceremony which is magical but it can just be done anywhere in any moment it's just a conscious choice oh i just love that and i just love the invitation for really ponder that like do they actually have somewhere in their home that is that is their kind of space and um, you know, my husband and I, we, we've been doing a lot of construction in our home and we've renovated and we're doing landscaping. And I, I just want to make sure that, you know, he has his space too, um, you know, because I think that's also really important in families that the children have their space, that the partners have their space, that the pets maybe even have their little space. Um, so I think that that's just a beautiful invitation and it doesn't have to be some crazy altar. It can just be a nice, beautiful bouquet of flowers you know someplace somewhere and that's like your little reminder of the sacred um so i just love that invitation i thought that was so beautiful um i do want to shift gears a little bit and and ask you another question um around the topic of the dark night of the soul um a lot of us hear this term the dark night of the soul and I was hoping that maybe you could actually just explain what that term means for our listeners. Yes, um, I think that's an amazing question. And I'm like, hmm, I feel like, you know, I'm on another round of those because presently I'm going through um, a separation with my husband of, of 15 years. And I feel like I'm in the middle of it. So I'm like, well, it's a beautiful question. And 10 years ago, I feel like I was in it. And, you know, we go through like many ones. But the dark night of the soul, I like it. I have such reverence and such gratitude for it because it it like allows it allows me to go deeper into the truth of who I am, you know, because it's so easy to 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 love ourselves, to love, you know, when everything's perfect and everything's great and everything's in the flow, but it's like excuse the expression when the shit hits the fan, you know, like yeah. where's your spiritual practice then? So I really look at the dark night of the soul as, you know, these are soul agreements that were had before we came into this physical plane. Like, I'm going to teach you about this. You're going to teach me about unconditional love, about truth, about true acceptance, whatever that is. And it's you making the soul agreement with, with yourself and in this lifetime to fully work through whatever it is you're here to work through. You know, so usually it's like, I mean, anybody can have a dark night. So I think we all do um, in every physical experience that we have. So it's really um, being willing to dig deep and really being willing to accept my light, 
but also my darkness, my shadow, and also, you know, and just being fully, you know, not in that place of blame and projection, just like, I'm going to own this and I'm going to heal this within myself, you know? And I think it's really powerful to look at experiences that we have drawn upon ourselves and not punish ourselves like, oh, you know, it's like I've attracted this due to a vibration, but I'm not going to beat myself up because I have. I'm just going to actually accept and then I'm going to work on healing whatever that vibration is that invited this experience in. You know, so the dark night of the soul is, is, is actually an awakening. You know, it's a rebirth. Mm. It, it, it's like, it's like a death, but it's also at the same time, like simultaneously, it's a rebirth, you know? So, and, yeah. and it's if you're willing to dive deep in, if you're, you're willing to go, this is the experience right now. And I'm going to embrace it fully with an open heart. And I'm going to let myself feel, I'm going to let myself express, and I'm going to let myself feel. Oh, thank you for, for that. Um, because I, I see a lot, you know, especially within social media in today's day and age, you know, people are always showing the best versions of themselves online. And I really think that there's real true beauty when we can expose our shadow side. And I had my first experience of diving into shadow work when I was studying with, uh, Quechua shamans of Peru down in Chile. And I discovered a very dark side of myself that was very angry. And I was very afraid of this anger. And I didn't know where the anger came from. And I, I, you know, was conditioned to be the nice girl and to, you know, I'm not angry. And, and so to have that moment where I actually dove deep and I got really real with myself and I recognized there's deep anger down there. And I'm actually going to bring it to the light and hold it there and look at it because that's really when you can connect and surrender and, and learn from it, you know, then you just kind of continue on this evolutionary healing journey and befriend your shadow sides. And then you can actually start to show more of your shadow sides and that actually becomes your power. Um, And so I just think it's, for anybody who might be going through kind of a dark night of the soul experience or feel like they're at that place, you know, I think the best invitation, like Amanda said, is, is to just be really real with it and be honest with it and invite it in. And, and then it does become the reawakening and the rebirth, which is, which is really beautiful if we can focus on that side of it as well. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And, you know, as I always talk to looking to nature and, you know, I, I talked about Samhain, which is what was originally births in Ireland, which is Halloween, right? And then America brought it as Halloween. But Samhain is, you know, it's reason why everyone's dressed up as witches and ghosts and like, because the veil is thin, but also people's like shadows come out in Samhain. So that's like the journey inward. So the dark night of the soul, how we would relate to that is it is Samhain. It is the winter solstice. Now, it doesn't have to be just at those times of year. You can have your sound and your winter solstice in the height of summer, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that dark night soul could come at any time of the year. But <laughs> that's just, that's just it's, a, it's expression of it, you know. So um, thank you for sharing that as well. And what a what a beautiful experience, you know. And, and mm. what a gift to 
accept all aspects of ourselves, you know, and not like, because that's a lot of energy to be hiding the anger or to be pushing down the pretend, you know, pretending I'm a good girl. I'm always happy. You know, it's like, actually, no, I can be this. I can, I can be a bitch. I can, you know, I can mm -hmm. have these darker days and I'm going to embrace and own and, and be vulnerable because that ultimately is our greatest superpower, you know? <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, my last question for you, Amanda, today is, um, you know, when we think about society and we think about our fellow goddesses and maybe even just men and women, you know, in our society, um, there's a lot of observations that we could probably make that they're just kind of charging through life and trying to make ends meet, um, maybe not living as consciously as they'd hope. Um, what would you say one wish would be for these people to, to just kind of fully step into their power more? Like what would be one little bit of advice um, for just the general state of our world? Like what would be that message that you would want to carry to, to all of our brothers and sisters? I, compassion. Compassion. Mm -hmm. uh, ultimately, because all the pain in the world is people just pushing it down and shoving through and you know then that comes out as hate and blame and suffering and you know if we could just be compassionate with ourselves and we could be compassionate with others just as we would have the child that fell or you know a baby crying you know if we could just be that way with ourselves and with each other we ultimately would have self-love we would have peace we would have empowerment um and ultimately that would be my wish that that mm. like compassion i think it, it sums all of it up you know just to come into that place of, of having compassion it has to start with ourselves and then and then that just ripples out oh i love that thank you kindness compassion thank you Yes, I love it. Thank you. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to add that we didn't get to talk about today? Anything yes, I could go for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I, I just think the last piece is 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 sovereignty. You know, and that mm. is like you're saying, empowerment, sovereignty, and I think sovereignty um, comes from kindness and compassion and allowing the darkness to come up and healing and being tender because when we are true to ourselves like really true to ourselves that sovereignty arises you know and mm -hmm. when all the masks and what come off and what is left what is is our truest essence and from that place is sovereignty so um mm -hmm take off whatever mask they are and, and just show up as your, your beautiful. Um, and I know that word authenticity, I feel is, is, is so used nowadays, but like just with your true essence, who you are, show up, you know, there is no one else like you. So why not? <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful reminder for all of us, you know, to be sovereign, to, to show up, just such a beautiful reminder. Um, I know you've generously offered a free gift to anybody that's listening to today's interview. Do you mind just walking us through what that free gift is? 
Absolutely. It's just one of my meditations um, mm. that really help you ground and let go and just come into this deep sense of peace. Because when we mm. do that, just like we talked about this in autumn as nature models, when we allow ourselves to be and to let go, that's when we we get to live and breathe and speak and act from that place of presence and and truth. So that is my gift to you, beloved. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. And I will put that URL in the in the show notes for everybody to get. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Um, Amanda, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I feel like we could just continue on and on and on. Um, so maybe we'll have a part two later on. Um, so thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute honor. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your evening into your evening ritual. And um, I hope to connect with you soon, potentially in Ireland next year. Oh, that would be amazing. Thank you, love. Um, an honor to be Thank here. Thank you. Wonderful. Thanks so much.